Thus, remember the words of Psalm 118, 22 to 24. The same stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it, it is, is marvelous, marvelous in our eyes. On this day the Lord has acted, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Even if it's cold and damp outside, it's warm in here. <clears throat> I just realized the title of my sermon is not very comforting on a cold day like this. But it, my title that I chose is, It is Time to Get Wet. <coughs> uh, okay, I wanted to read the, uh, the reading from Acts from the New American Standard and, and complete the sermon. We only heard the first part of Peter's sermon. This is, the, this is the recording of the sermon that Peter preached the first time the gospel was preached to the Gentiles. <clears throat> Opening his mouth, Peter said, it's Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 43. This is the New American Standard Version translation. Open his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed for the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is, to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm almost certain that was not the entire sermon. Uh, I'm sure that he expounded on many of those items, <clears throat> but that's the part that the Holy Spirit chose to be uh, recorded by Luke. Uh, not Luke. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Luke. Uh, as he was retelling the story of uh, of the birth of the church through the book of Acts. <clears throat> but um, in his very opening sentence, because obviously it was important that the that it be communicated that the gospel, that the good news was not just for those who were Jewish, for the descendants of Abraham. Up until this point in time, that those were the only ones who had, uh, for the most part, had had uh, 
had been included in the stories of the Gospels, the New Testament. There were a couple of exceptions, but uh, certainly none of, there was no uh, proclamation being made, no preaching being done outside of the Jewish people. Until this point in time when uh, the, the God through the Holy Spirit had uh, given Peter a dream and a vision and uh, made certain that he understood the message was to be preached to the Gentiles. So the first thing he says is, I must certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. And there's uh, at least two other uh, New Testament scriptures that that repeat that God is, does not show partiality but judges every man the same. But in every nation the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. So that's the good news and it's uh, for anyone for anyone who will hear. He, uh, he this is at the bottom of this passage he says Through him, uh, of him, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Of him, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. We know of, uh, he tells them that Jesus of Nazareth is the one that God anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. He emphasized, Peter emphasized that he and others that were there that day were witnesses. We are witnesses of all the things that he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. He gives them the the, the gospel in a nutshell he says they put him to death by hanging him on a cross God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible not to all the people but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God and he, and he makes the point that the resurrection of Jesus was not just a spirit he wasn't a ghost he says we ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead and then he commissioned them. He, he ordered the apostles and the disciples to preach to people that uh, Jesus is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him all the prophets bear witness. So if you think about the big story of, that's told from Genesis to Revelation, in Genesis we see that in the story of the Garden, in Eden, Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve uh, chose to eat from the tree of knowledge that God places a curse on Adam and on Eve and on the serpent and he tells the serpent that there's going to be born from the seed of the woman one who will crush his head and all through the rest of the Bible we're looking for that waiting and to see who is who is going to be the one that crushes the serpent's head and all through the Old Testament they're anticipating and waiting on the arrival of that one and then 
with the proclamation of the angel to Mary, we see Christ comes, becomes, takes on human, uh, human flesh to become the one who crushes the head of the serpent. This is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. You know, <clears throat> you might wonder where I came up with that title, It's Time to Get Wet. Well, I got, I got to thinking, that's kind of dangerous, isn't it? <laughs> but there are so many resources available today, wonderful resources, valuable, uh, helpful resources. Uh, and along with all of the damage and evil and poor choices that can be made with technology today, we have the opportunity to use the technology for good and there's some really great, I was just astounded today as I began to look, look through what's available on the internet and um, some really good teaching and videos and, and, uh, re and th teaching materials, uh, books and sermons art, movies, films, all kinds of things to help us uh, study and, and to be disciples of what the Bible teaches. And, but then it occurred to me, you can learn a lot from a book. You can learn a lot from reading, from watching the videos and listening to sermons. There are some things you can't learn from a book. You can't know what it feels like to swim at the beach. I mean, you can learn a lot about what it, that experience might be like, but until you travel to the beach and walk out into the waves, you won't know what it's like to swim at the beach. You might have an intellectual concept of some of the details, but you cannot fully understand all the sensations of swimming at the beach if you've never been to the beach. You can learn a lot about what the beach is, about salt water. You can study the proper strokes to efficiently swim through the water. A whole lot of other things you could learn by reading and studying and talking to people who have been swimming in the ocean. But you would still be lacking many aspects of what a day at the beach and a swim in the ocean is about if you've never been to the beach. For one thing, you wouldn't know the smell of the salt water in the air or the feel of the hot sand under your feet giving way to the cool wet sand just beyond the water's edge. And you could go on and on with that illustration. So I believe by the same token, you cannot know what the abundant life to be lived in the kingdom of God is until you are living in community with fellow kingdom dwellers. You cannot know what the abundant life to be lived in the kingdom of God is like until you are living in community with fellow kingdom dwellers. 
There will never be an app for your phone that will be able to replicate the comfort brought by a reassuring hug after someone had just prayed for you with such clarity that you know their words were guided by the Holy Spirit. No video game, not even a virtual reality one, will ever be able to create the exhausted but peaceful contentment that comes over you after having spent hours picking up noisy kids on the church bus route, herding them into Sunday school and children's church, and then delivering them back home. And of course, the kinds of examples of what life in community is like is endless. Those are just two brief examples of things that you could never learn until you're actually in community with other believers, shoulder to shoulder, misunderstandings, disappointments, all the good, the bad, and the ugly that comes with being in relationship with other people. But until we make the effort to show up until we get up every day expecting, anticipating what God's story is going to look like as it unfolds through our life and see every interaction that we have with other people as an opportunity, as a uh, part of God's divine plan for our life, uh, then we're not going. We're going to be, miss out on what that abundant life in the kingdom of God is like. <clears throat> the kingdom of God is God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. The kingdom of God is God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. And as the bishop so powerfully reminded us this the last two, or Thursday night and Friday night when he was here, <clears throat> the Christ, being a Christian is much more than making a decision. It's more, much more than praying a prayer and, and even turning your faith toward Christ. That's, that's the steps that are involved in being, becoming a Christian and being born again. But it's just the beginning. As we uh, begin to be a disciple, to seek discipleship, as we study the scriptures and see the story that unfolds through the scriptures, we realize that because in the, when we accept Christ, it says the old is passed away. All things have become new. That our lives are not really our own life. That it's not our story. It's, it's God's story. It's his story, not mine. And so again, we need to seek to live each day expecting, anticipating that God is going to use us and use our life and use other believers' lives in our life to unfold his story through our lives today. 
that can change everything. That can uh, that can change the frustration that can come from unfulfilled expectations that can bring about the ability for the Holy Spirit to work and to bring healing where there's been uh, hurt and abuse and and uh, when you've been lied to and people have disappointed you and by focusing on uh, the purpose and will of God for our life each day by choosing to believe instead of living in anxiety and fear. Here's a quote from a lady named Christine Kane, an Australian uh, woman who's, who's actually <clears throat> founded a ministry that's fighting human trafficking. She says, you and I live in a time in church history where we have seen God do amazing things. We fill arenas. We see church buildings built. We see God do great signs, wonders, and miracles. But you can be in the midst of a miracle of God and not even know the God of the miracle. You can see God do amazing things and not even know that same God and not even trust that God. And by fear die in the wilderness rather than by faith go in and possess the promised land. She's referring back to the story in the Old Testament of when the children of Israel were God used Moses to deliver them from the slavery of uh, Pharaoh in Egypt <clears throat> and they get through the Red Sea and God miraculously lets them, enables them to walk through the sea on dry ground and then uses that same uh, body of water to drown and destroy Pharaoh and his army. So they're on the, they're living in freedom, they're, they're experiencing God's miraculous provision for their life every day but through the manna. And they get to the edge of the promised land. And so it's it's God's plan that they go in and possess it. And they send 12 spies in to, to check it out. And 10 of the spies come back filled with fear and anxiety and unbelief. And because of their report, the, uh, the, the, the nation, the tribe, decides they can't, they can't go into the promised land. And God leaves them in the wilderness for 40 years until everyone in that generation has passed on. They, lived, they were living uh, by fear instead of by faith. So it's, it's our choice. It's our decision to make. Romans 6.4 is back here on the wall right above the... Uh, I don't know what you call that thing. It holds the holy water. <clears throat> but uh, it says, it's Romans 6, 4 says, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So it's our choice to decide as each day if we're going to allow the power of God 
that raised Christ from the dead to work in us that we can that we can live and walk in newness of life. The guy who works with Nate Larkin, he's now the president of the nonprofit they started called Sampson House, Tom Mocha, he says, talking about <coughs> trust, he says, Paul understood that it, there were many instances we see in the book of Acts telling the story of Paul where he faced situations where he could have compromised to get himself out of a dangerous situation. But that would leave him unsure of his trust in the Lord. Paul consistently chose to trust the Lord even if that trust was costly. It is better to live in the freedom of unreserved trust in Jesus than the temporary comfort not knowing the nearness of Jesus. So again, the choices we make every day, whether we choose to trust that God is enough, that he knows what's best, that his will is always going to be the best thing for our life, and to allow him and as his story unfolds to provide for the needs that we have to satisfy the every desire and appetite that we have and not to not choose to uh, take control take matters into our own hands and find some false fulfillment that will only be a brief uh, temporary uh, fulfillment of those hungers and desires so I think it's time it's time that we go to the beach and get wet amen let's stand together and declare our common faith in the Nicene Creed on page 358